This is a review of the ISIS-3 trial, a randomized comparison of streptokinase versus TPA versus anastreptylase and of aspirin plus heparin versus aspirin alone among 41,299 cases of suspected acute MI. ISIS-3 was published in The Lancet in 1992. The author, Dr. Andrew Foy. This is John Mandrola. Background. Results from the GC and ISIS-2 trials demonstrated a clear benefit for the early opening of acutely blocked arteries with fibrinolytic treatment in patients presenting with STEMIs. ISIS-2 also demonstrated the benefit of aspirin in the acute and subacute phases of MI. However, after opening a blocked artery, concern for reocclusion of that artery persisted, especially in the first several days to week, and the experts postulated that antithrombotic therapy with heparin could improve outcomes compared to use of aspirin alone. The third study from the ISIS group, ISIS-3, sought to test the hypothesis that therapeutic heparin plus aspirin reduced mortality compared to aspirin alone in patients treated with early fibrinolytic therapy. The investigators also sought to test whether different fibrinolytic regimens were safer and more effective compared to each other. Since treatment with fibrinolytic therapy is no longer standard practice in most places, and there were no significant differences in fibrinolytic regimens ultimately reported, we will focus only on the heparin plus aspirin versus aspirin alone portion of the study. Patients. Patients were eligible for ISIS-3 if they were thought to be within 24 hours of the onset of symptoms of suspected or definite acute MI, with or without ECG changes, and if they had had no definite contraindications to fibrinolytic therapy. Contraindications were not specified by protocol, but by the responsible physician. Standard contraindications to fibrinolysis were suggested. Patients were eligible even if aspirin or heparin were thought to be clearly contraindicated or if it was thought that aspirin alone was not enough, for example, that some anticoagulant was clearly indicated. In such cases, patients were still to be randomized and the allocated antithrombotic regimen was then modified as thought appropriate for that particular patient. Baseline characteristics. The majority of patients were men, about 73%, and under the age of 70 years who presented within six hours from the onset of pain. These were 78% of the enrolled patients. Enrolled patients generally appeared to be stable as only 6% had systolic blood pressure less than 100 millimeters of mercury, and only 15% of patients had a heart rate greater than 100. Patients with anterior and inferior STEMIs were evenly representative, about a third each, respectively, and just under two-thirds of patients presented within six hours from pain onset and had ST elevation on their presenting ECG. Trial procedures. The study utilized a 3 by 2 factorial design. Randomization was done via a 24-hour direct line telephone service, which took into account a limited set of baseline characteristics. All patients were randomly assigned to one of three fibrinolytic treatments, as well as to either heparin plus aspirin or aspirin alone. All patients were to receive 162 milligrams of enterocoded aspirin given daily for one month, starting immediately with the first tablet crushed or chewed for rapid antiplatelet effect. Those assigned to heparin plus aspirin were to receive a fixed 
dose regimen of 12,500 international units of calciparin, which was an injectable form of heparin, starting four hours after randomization and given subcutaneously twice daily for seven days or until discharge. For patients assigned to aspartalone, anticoagulation could still be used if the responsible physician felt it was clearly indicated with no rules governing this. At discharge, a single-sided form was to be returned to the trial office that provided further identifiers to assist central mortality follow-up after discharge and brief details of the treatments that were given in a hospital, of any apparent side effects of treatment, and of major events in hospital. Available cause of death information was reviewed. This was blinded to treatment allocation by the trial coordinator. Causes of death were defined as either definitively nonvascular or vascular. Endpoints. The primary endpoint of ISIS-3 was intended to be vascular mortality within the first five weeks, but the investigators ended up reporting all-cause mortality because non-vascular mortality was rare and divided evenly between groups, and it did not impact the main results. Secondary endpoints included non-cerebral bleeding, stroke, and reinfarction. Results. The protocol specified three main comparisons. However, we present only the comparison of heparin plus aspirin versus aspirin alone. This report of ISIS-3 included 41,299 participants. However, this does not represent the total number of patients randomized, which was slightly greater than 55,000. Patient eligibility for the trial specified that patients could have either a clear indication for fibrinolysis or an uncertain indication. While all of the 36,381 patients with a clear indication were included in these results, only half, half of the 18,950 patients with an uncertain indication are included. No great justification is provided for this other than the authors mentioned that results from these patients will be reported elsewhere. Compliance with assigned aspirin treatment was over 98% in both heparin plus aspirin versus aspirin alone. However, compliance with either intravenous or high-dose subcutaneous heparin was 92% in the heparin plus aspirin group compared to 18% in the aspirin alone group. Over five weeks, there was no significant difference in mortality for patients assigned to heparin plus aspirin versus aspirin alone, 10.3% versus 10.6%. P was not significant, nor was there any difference at six months, 13.9 versus 14.0. Again, the p-value is not significant. No additional data on subgroups was provided in the main manuscript. Non-cerebral bleeding was increased in patients assigned to the heparin plus aspirin versus aspirin alone group. This was 6.3% versus 3.9%, and the p-value was less than 0.00001, and the bleeding risk increased with higher age. Excess bleeding risk was 1.3% in patients less than 70 years and 4.5% in those greater than 70, which translates to Big differences in numbers needed to harm the estimates for younger people was 77, but for older people, that number needed to harm was 22. 
No significant differences in the overall risk of stroke was noted, 1.3 versus 1.2%, or reinfarction, 3.2% versus 3.5%, respectively. Conclusions. The ISIS-3 trial does not support the hypothesis that aspirin plus heparin is better than aspirin alone in patients presenting with AMI who undergo revascularization via thrombolysis. However, there are concerns related to trial conduct and reporting. From our standpoint, because the results of the trial were null and the number of patients was very large, we believe it contributes valuable information which is still relevant today.